we need to um, chat to Peter Ryan, the Age football reporter, who's written a really interesting article in The Age uh, today, uh, just in regards to the Braden Maynard uh, smother from last year. They've tried to change the rules or tinker with the rules so that he would get suspended if it was to happen again, but Pete's not so sure he would. Uh, Peter, welcome to Sports Day. G'day, Whitey. G'day, Josh. How are you? Oh, we're going well. Um, I read the article really, and it was really interesting. And so rather than me explain what you wrote, you can do it yourself. It was um... <laughs> Well, it is hard to explain on radio. But <laughs> it is, it is. I, I, I've compared the rule that's been rewritten to uh, uh, alleviate the fact that Maynard, you know, knocked out Angus Brasher in the qualifying final and hopefully, oh, well, not hopefully, the AFL would say that if that incident occurred again, the player would be suspended. However, if you read the judgment that the tribunal came down with when they cleared Maynard, um, it seems that uh, he would pass the reasonable test that um, he actually did try, didn't have any alternative option and uh, that he did actually try to, um, or he had no opportunity because of the pace that he was going at to mitigate the damage that he inflicted on Brayshaw. Now, I did have a couple of caveats, which was one, that it's probably unlikely that the same incident's going to happen again. And the other component, which a couple of people at the AFL have, uh, you know, uh, in disagreeing with me, have said that um, even rewriting the rule will encourage a change of behaviour and probably puts a bit more of an onus of responsibility on a player now that they're aware of the possibility if they do leave the ground to smother. But having said all that, I stick to it that, um, uh, yeah, if the same incident, exactly the same incident happened again, then the player who did that would be cleared even under the new rule. Okay, so I'm going to ask both of you this question, JJ and Peter Ryan. Notwithstanding what you've just said, uh, were you comfortable that, Braden Maynard wasn't suspended last year. Do you think, regardless of what the rules say, just based on gut feel, did you think that Maynard should have been suspended or are you comfortable that he wasn't? I'll start with you first, uh, I thought he, Sorry, I thought he was very lucky. And I, my gut feel was that he, he should have um, been penalised for it. But my also my uh, head was reading the rules. There was no yep. way he possibly could have been suspended. JJ? My, my feel pretty much all along was... Uh, I probably wrongly, given the position I'm in now, I, I look at the I look at each incident as trying to I try and put myself in the incident because it's easy because I've been in some of those situations. So I try and put myself in in that incident and in that moment and I and I didn't think he should have been suspended for it. Now I think that the AFL is on the right path, Pete, in terms of I think they need to back in the players and 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 ask and 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 demand change of behaviour because there are many many things that we could think about and mention that used to happen that the players no longer have been told you can't do them anymore. So I think that change of behaviour, you know, so we'll see a few, we might see one or two, we might see any, but you know, saying to players if you jump up and 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 try and smother a footy, then you put yourself at risk. Well. Quickly, not not eventually, quickly the players will learn, Pete, that we can't jump to smother a footy. Otherwise, we put ourselves at risk of um, suspension. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think I accept I accept that uh, it's the right path because no one wants to see what happened to Angus Brayshaw happen and potentially a player in Maynard's position may attack the contest differently as a result of what they've seen happen. Um, yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point where we accept that uh, it's safe as we can make the game, that's better for everyone. It's just the point is that 
the expectation from my point of view that uh, he would, someone who was in that position again, if it happens, would naturally be suspended by the tribunal. I don't think it stands up if the legal argument was run by a smart lawyer, which there's plenty now involved in tribunals. <laughs> yeah, there are plenty, um, and they are, they all cost a lot. Um, I think the how, bigger impact how, of these... Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, Pete, how... Now, we can't put ourselves inside these meetings, but how heavily do you reckon that the weight of... The, the, the concussion issues in the background, how heavily do you think that the, that weighs on the decisions that these uh, guys and girls are making at AFL HQ? Because, I mean, it would only be human nature to try and continue to, to protect the game from litigation and from what might be coming down the track. How, how much do you think all that stuff is weighing on them when they're deciding on, you know, are we going to allow guys to jump and, um, you know, bump or, or, or smother or are we not? Well, I think it's got a huge impact in terms of their thinking, but I think what we're finding is that there are legal people involved in the AFL who have also got a strong feel for football and they're trying to walk this fine line between protecting the player and probably uh, stopping the fact that they're going to be liable for some sort of legal action down the track and also retaining elements of the game that we all love as a spectator. And everyone who plays and watches the game wants it to be a contest sport that has some sort of physicality and also an element of danger to it. Um, And that's the fine line that they're trying to edge towards. And and sometimes, as Laura Kane said yesterday, after, you know, is there kind of unintended consequences she was she was saying, well, it's it's a really difficult game to legislate against anything that's popular you know, that we can predict to happen because it's such a frenetic game and these sorts of things such as the Maynard thing come up and then we have to deal with them um, as they happen. But their overall intent is protect the player, keep the game exciting and hopefully from their perspective and from the organisation's perspective, put in enough um, groundwork now that they're not liable to legal action later down the track. I like the fact that they haven't changed the rules of, of there's not too many changes uh, for this year compared to last year, because last year was such a good year of footy. And I think we're yeah, sort of absolutely. heading in the right track. So of all the things that have happened, the one that I think there's two, there's the rundown tackle, uh, but there's also the, the whistling from the bench. Where did that actually come from? This annoyance about <laughs> well, whistling from the bench. I was, I was thinking about, I spoke to a few clubs today and I was asking, who's your whistler? No one's confessed <laughs> at this point. But I reckon it was related to the broadcast um, component. There were people obviously whistling from the bench that was interfering with some of the microphones that were set up there. Um, And there's also clearly an element of umpires um, uh, expressing that it was causing some confusion for them, obviously given that Laura said that the umpires were the only ones with whistles. And I also think more broadly they're trying to crack down on some of the behaviour down the bench so it doesn't become like basketball where you've got coaches and officials running up and down the bench communicating with players in ways that become much more demonstrative. So I think this is a little bit of a, well, we'll stamp out whistling as a bit of a warning shot to everyone. We're watching the behaviour on the bench and, you know, stay in your lane, basically. Um, The rundown tackle is the one that will probably have the biggest impact on the game overall this year because we don't see a lot of them, but... uh, it's going to force players to actually try to be like steer wrestlers, I suppose, when they run down a player from behind and drag them back um, rather than the momentum and 
riding them into the ground, as we say. So I think that'll have an impact on the way players play and the safety of players. I actually think it's a really good rule. Um, it just emphasised to the players they have to take some sort of care in their technique rather than, as I said, just driving a player's head into the ground willy-nilly. Pete, I think this is the one that I think this is the one that we'll probably spend a lot of time talking and writing about because I think this yep. is the situation that we'll see where where we've got players who are going to be suspended for for a chase uh, down tackle and it's incredibly I mean it's basically impossible to stop your momentum completely, isn't it? And the players that you these guys are tackling are you know powerful and ninety five kilos and all these sorts of things. I wonder if I don't know whether you watch the NFL, Pete. I wonder whether. It might be a similar situation that the, the pass rushers these days, they can't land on the quarterbacks. They've got to tackle them and then sort of show that they're putting their arms down on the ground and not sort of tackling and holding their arms. I wonder whether the, the, the rundown tacklers can tackle and as you are going to ground, sort of land on them, but use your your own hands to, to brace your fall, therefore allowing the ball carrier to be able to brace their fall as well. I wonder if that's the best way to go about it. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, I'm not a... You're an expert on NFL and I'm not at all, but um, I reckon that clubs within uh, training schedules and programs and the way that they teach players, they would be looking at situations like you've described to actually get the players to manage um, the way they tackle more safely for opponents because no club wants... A, they, they genuinely don't want to hurt their opposition. I mean, they want to fear the opposition, but they want, don't want to concuss opponents. Mm. And also, they don't want their best players suspended for something such as the tackle. So they'd be working out ways within the rules to actually manage what you're saying is really difficult, which it is, uh, which is to go at a contest with the full intent and intensity that players do while also executing something that safely brings a person to ground. That's that's really hard to do um, and takes a lot of practice and a lot of technique and sometimes just a lot of luck. And where where it's really changed is the whole notion you tackle to hurt. That that's yeah, now yeah. It, that's now no longer the case. Uh, whether we whether we like it or not, that's you just can't do that. You've got to you've got to show duty of care. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself watching on the sidelines. Uh, Peter, thanks that's very much. True, but, uh, but but I reckon they do. <laughs> I know, I know, and that's that's yeah, let's face it. Yep, yeah. that's the the fine line that they're dancing. Peter, thanks very much for your time. Uh, we've got to get to a break, but uh, appreciate it. And um, yeah, if you want to hear and read all of Peter Ryan's stuff, uh, you do that at The Age. Peter Ryan, their football reporter.